Hi, Vic. Hi, how are you? Good. You are in, oh, there goes my f- microphone. You are in such an exciting moment because you are about to launch your podcast. I am. It is very exciting and also exhausting. <laughs> and you've been working on this for months because I met you several months ago and you were like, I'm recording the podcast, blah, blah, blah. And it's going to be, you know, so you recorded a ton of episodes or you've recorded all of them, I think, right? And then you're launching next week. In two weeks, on thir- September 13th. And so, yeah, it's been months and months and months because I've been working on it since January. And I'm to the point of being tired of hearing myself talk about it. So I'm just really ready for it to like <laughs> finally be out there because it's kind of exhausting talking about something that doesn't yet exist. Right. But promo week is next week. So that's going to be fun. You're going to talk about it a lot still. Oh, yes. I'm going to be continuing to talk about it. I just want to be able to talk about it and for people to actually be able to go listen to it. That's the piece that would be nice. Yes. 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 Okay. Well, um, hi. That was kind of a funny intro um, because we don't know who you are yet. No, I know. Hi, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you for being here, Becky. Um, Unlike you, I am kind of flying by the seat of my pants on my podcast um, taking a lot of notes from folks that are a bit more experienced, such as yourself, but um, playing things a little bit differently. And I can't wait to hear your podcast. So we'll talk about your podcast. But first, Becky Camp. remind me where you're based. St. Louis, Missouri. St. Louis. I knew it was like somewhere in the middle of the country, but I couldn't remember whether it was Kansas or Missouri. Uh, well, we met through the Female Founders Collective but I've also since seen you, I think, in Hey Mama and maybe a couple other groups. Entrepreneurista. I'm in, I'm in all of them, I think. Yeah. <laughs> uh, tell me about what you do. I'm an accountability coach. I work with founders, feminist founders, even if people don't resonate with that word, people who um, are equity driven, who really care about creating a better world. And I help them with growing their businesses. I'm a coach in the like true sense of coaching. I'm not a consultant. I'm not a strategist. I'm there to hold space and help people because I work with really smart people, generally women. They're very accomplished. They know how to do. They know what they need to do. Usually they just need a space to be able to work that out. And so they're usually sitting with these questions of like, maybe I'm not. Am I even meant to do this? Should I just chuck it all and sell this business or, you know, go back to a nine to five or, you know, am I even right for this? And I'm my work is really about helping them reconnect to the why that had them starting their business in the first place and reprioritizing themselves in the equation, because typically they haven't. Uh, You know, they're they're really liberated from this idea that they have to work hard to have a successful business. And so that's the work I love doing with people. And the podcast is kind of in support of that because it's about people who are looking at business in that way. So we will go into your podcast, but I do have a, a quick question. So your podcast is called Feminist Founders, right? Yep. Some people don't like the term feminist. They like the word womanist, especially people who may hold some of those other identities because Feminism has often been associated with white women. We White women have kind of co-opted that term and have not always made it the most inclusive space. I'm trying to bring that back to say, no, this is what feminism really looks like. It's not feminism if it is not inclusive of all people, because it is about creating equity for all. Love it. Love it. Well, I mean, it's funny because I've been thinking a lot about this and the folks who I've worked with on their brand videos, the ones that have had the most success 
are exactly the ones that have tapped into their why. Like they've been open to doing the work of understanding who they are, what their values are. And in a way, it's kind of been a rediscovery process because I'm not, unlike you, I'm not helping with them with all of their business. I'm I'm working on this conversion tool with them. But this has been something that they've then brought back to their business. And I'm sure like your work takes them even further, but just the importance of that element of understanding what it means to be true to yourself as you're building your business, as it's growing, not losing the disconnect. And I think the more we connect to that, the less likely we are to experience burnout. I I noticed that you mentioned burnout. And then also previously to us jumping on here, you're like, I love talking about productivity outside of a hustle culture, which is probably kind of part of the secret sauce to avoiding burnout, right? <laughs> yeah, for sure. When we think of productivity, I think most of us, our brains immediately go into like just the word, I think, carries a lot of tension and weight because it feels like this churning and the doing and the doing and I have to get more done. But productivity to me is not about how much can you get done and how quickly. That's what capitalism has told us it needs to be because that's about profitability, right? For making money for someone else is for them. Productivity really is about how can I make someone do the most work for the least amount of money because then I get the most amount of financial gain. That's not what I'm talking about. For me, it is how do I make I, I think of productivity is progress. How do I make progress towards the things that matter to me? And productivity, if you look at it that way, does not have to be about how quick is it. It doesn't have to be about like how much am I doing. It is, am I moving in the right direction at the speed that works for me and my life, my capacity, the way I show up in the world? And if you are doing that, then you are being productive. And it's a whole a whole new way at looking at productivity that takes us outside of this just like churn and burn mentality that we're all really indoctrinated into in this world that we live in. Which is totally unsustainable. <laughs> yes. And it isn't and it's not like it doesn't matter if it is to the powers that be, right? The people who are sitting in their ivory tower collecting the income from our productivity gains, they don't really care about our humanity because they look at us like we are machines, right? Ultimately we become numbers when we're working in a corporate environment. And it's just about how much can you get done and how much money can you make? But we don't necessarily see reap the benefits of all of that. So when we're self-employed, too often, though, people become self-employed. They've worked in that corporate environment or we've I mean, even in our school age years, we get really indoctrinated into this. So we learn this is the way we're supposed to show up. So we go into work for ourselves. And I think most often people go into work for themselves thinking, I don't want that. <laughs> so I'm going to be my own boss. And yet they end up recreating the same thing for themselves because they haven't unlearned all of it. So they just show up and they're working for themselves and they're doing the same thing. They're churning and burning themselves. They're treating themselves like a machine. Like people like to say, they treat themselves like a human doing and not a human being. And so it's really about like noticing that and saying, I truly don't, if I really don't want to just recreate corporate America for myself, then what needs to change? But we can't do that with a lot of, without a lot of mindful thought about it because our automatic instincts are going to be to just keep doing what we've always known. So how does it look to do it differently? You know, it's funny you mentioned that because when I left NBC, I was starting my own business. I was at, at the time, this was last year, I was starting my production company and I immediately like brought my work day mindset 
into my new like, okay, I'm building a business, but this is my work day. <laughs> These are the hours I work. This is how I work. Um, yeah, I have to schedule the lunch break or I have to, you know, I was I was putting this invisible boss above my own head that wasn't there anymore. And it really took me a long time to kind of break free from that vision of my day and how I use my time and to really understand when do I function better? What are the things that should remain on my plate? Or what are the things that I should delegate? I get so much ROI from taking a break and going for a swim at the beach or taking a break and doing this other thing that's not necessarily work-related. Um, so just like not only giving myself the permission to do those things, but also not giving, not only giving myself permission, but also encouraging myself to know how to manage my time in a way that's not structured by what I came out of from the corporate world. So that's how I kind of dealt with it. In a way, I, I think about it as like when newspapers, when the internet first existed, the newspapers, which was my world, you know, journalism, and yours, right? You're a journalist yourself. Yeah, so I worked in newspapers. Right. So if you remember back in the day, so in the early 90s, I want to say, I remember the homepage of the New York Times was literally the PDF of the printed newspaper. That's how we, th this is the medium that we knew into this old, this new medium that we don't know. Let's just use the same framework. So that's kind of how I made the parallel uh, when I left my corporate job. But this was my experience. I'm curious, since you, this is your area of expertise, what sorts of questions are, should we be asking ourselves um, in this new understanding of productivity that you've just talked about? So how, how do we make sure we're not copying these sort of capitalist frameworks of how to be working? Well, I think to me, it's the shift from profit first to people first, prioritizing people over profits. That is when people hear that sometimes because of the ways we're conditioned, we think, oh, that means I can't make money. No, no, no. Make lots of money. But it is about prioritizing people ahead of profits when you're making all sorts of decisions, especially those around productivity. So I think some of it is just thinking about your metrics that you're setting. As a business owner, very often the only metrics we're setting to identify success are financial metrics or you know things that are very directly related to those financial metrics. But that's not good enough, <laughs> right? That is not something that will feel good. And when I talk about feel good productivity, it starts with what would actually feel good? What, are, what is your vision of success? So I think a big piece of it is redefining success for yourself. What does it actually look like? Because would it feel successful to you to make a million in revenue, but be sleeping three hours a day? There are many people out there that are modeling that. And for them, that is their version of success. Those are not the people I work with. I, I see that in that bro marketing space all the time. Who needs to sleep, right? Just turn, turn, turn. If you're trying to check out of that, then you need to really ask yourself, what does success really look like beyond just the dollars? Because if a million in revenue and three hours of sleep doesn't feel good, then what does, right? Is your vision of success including that I'm getting eight hours of sleep a night or 10? Does it does success have also mean like I have enough time to be with my family? And how much time does your version of success mean I also am going to be going to school and continuing to learn or, you know, have time for passions. So really understanding that and putting metrics to those things, because we can't really measure what we don't have a metric around. So if you say happiness is my number, like I was just talking on my podcast with someone yesterday who changed everything. He was, in, I'm sorry, they were in the tech space and it was all about money, right? And one became miserable. 
And then it was about how do I shift those metrics to say my number one key for happiness or for success is going to be happiness. So if that's the case, then how are you going to measure that? What does that mean? Right? So I think that's a big piece of it is that redefining success. And then another big thing is to understand how you show up in the world. You talk about values. Values is often something people do as like a little exercise and then maybe they throw it up on their website, but they never look at it again. It doesn't actually mean anything. It's just something that they've, a little exercise they've done. I want you to, I want people to really look at what does it mean for me? Like, what does it mean for me to say if my value is like one of my values is growth, what does that mean? That means that I have to be putting time towards education, learning, because that's part of my growth process. And if I'm not actually putting that into action, I'm not living out my values. Also, I think it's really valuable to understand your personality. Like your, I have all of my clients take or share with me as many personality assessments as they have. I personally love Clifton Strengths, which used to be Strengths Finder. Some people really love Enneagram. Some really love Myers Briggs. Whatever you have, get all of that information together and have help that understand the fabric of you. Like, what is the lens that you see the world through? So I know as I look at mine, all of my pieces start to tell me I like security. I really need stability. So part of it is I need to have some structure in my days, right? So that idea of I have a structured workday, I still do. Because for me, that is part of how I show up. I really need that. But then I also know that there are things like I really need community, that's an important thing in the personality I have. I need to have external voices reassuring me about things. So that means that my days also have to include time with other people. So how am I going to make that a part of my day? So understanding how you show up in the world and those needs is a really important part of how you're structuring your time and how you're coming up with your productivity tools that work for you because there's no one system that does. And then also thinking about capacity, which is a thing that I think gets left out of the productivity conversation a lot. There's a lot of, especially men, that are out there giving a lot of productivity advice. But the part they may not be sharing is, oh, by the way, I have a partner at home who's taking care of my kids most of the time. So I have way more time to have this morning routine that I'm telling you is an absolute must because I can get up at four and go to the gym because my partner is making sure the kids are fed and off to school. And in the world we live in, that is often true, that there is an unequal distribution of home responsibilities. So I think thinking about your capacity, if you have children, that's a huge one. But also if you have disabilities, you know, if you have a neurodivergent issue, any of these sorts of things, if you're caretaking for aging parents, what are the capacity considerations that need to be accounted for in your productivity? Because that also then helps us with expectations. Because so many of the problems that we have around productivity and that lead to burnout is we are setting expectations on ourselves that are not realistic. They are based on some of these external models we've seen that don't that have nothing to do with your life, that don't reflect the way your life looks. And so the more that you can get honest about your capacity and the way you show up in the world, the more that you can approach productivity in a way that works for you. And yes, may it take you a little longer to get there, perhaps, but you can make progress in a way that actually feels good. And I think often that will get us to the finish line sooner because we will get there. Too often we burn and burn and burn ourselves to where the wick burns out and then we collapse and we didn't hit the goal because we were trying to get it all done right now. If we would have allowed ourselves the space to take more time but do it in a way that felt good, we would get there. Maybe later, but we would get there and we wouldn't burn ourselves out doing it. Ah, oh, I love it. Okay, I'm going to recap what you said. 
So the first thing is redefining what success means to you individually. So not just the sort of definition that's kind of thrown around a lot or not just money, but what's behind that money? What does your lifestyle look like? Um, really thinking about your values, not just as you said, like that exercise that you do in the beginning of business building or at some point in your life and then you forget about it's in a notebook somewhere, but actually how do I implement those values like on into my life, into my work on a regular basis? Personality, how do you show up? Um, what are the things that feed you? What, um, to what, what are the components of your life that will feed into how you love to live and how you show up as yourself? And then the last one, capacity, which I think is super um, ignored a lot of times, not just uh, in terms of like, what is your partner taking on in the family? What are your actual physical capabilities? How much intense work makes sense for you and how you how you operate? And then understanding that that might change the timeline of hitting those goals, but you will actually have joy in the journey. I'm putting my own like <laughs> glitter on on that part, but um, this is phenomenal. This is so amazing. And I'm guessing so this is kind of the basis of how you coach founders or one of the components, I'm guessing. Oh, Becky, I lost you. Oh, audio. I have been, how long have I been doing podcast interviews and I'm still forgetting to unmute my mic? I mean, come on. Um, yes, this is the stuff that I definitely work with founders around. We're always looking at how they're going to define success. And, and honestly, getting into, into a coaching container, some of these things seem so obvious, right? It feels like, well, yeah, I kind of know that. But when I will sit down with somebody and they will tell me their goal is to hit whatever, I, we want to make 10 million in revenue this year. When we explore why, I ask, so what's the reason for that goal? I can't tell you the number of times people don't have a real answer, right? There's no real answer to it other than like, that's that's the next thing I'm supposed to do. Like um, I'm supposed to hit that milestone, which takes me back to when I got married the first time and I had a friend ask me, why are you getting married? Now, I don't know anybody who's been married if they've ever been asked that question, but I can tell you the answer is not what my answer was, which is, well, that's what we're supposed to do next. That's not the answer to why do you want to get married? And it is not the answer that will lead you into a marriage that feels good or that is sustainable. And the same is true for business. And by the way, that marriage did not succeed. <laughs> and the same is true for business. If your answer is, why are you wanting to hit that particular revenue goal this year? And if your answer is, well, that's the next metric. That's the next thing we're supposed to do or because that's what sounds good. <laughs> like That's what I've been told I should do. Those aren't the right answers. And that's not a why that will sustain you. And so that redefining success piece is definitely a lot of places where a lot of times where we start after I've already gotten to know the personality and the capacity and all of those things. Because once we know your why and what the goal is, then as we start to go after it, then all of those other pieces feed into then how do you go after it in a way that actually feels good, that aligns with the way you show up in the world? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Oh, I love it. I love it. Um, that is so funny that you mentioned about the reason why you got married or the answer to that question was because you're supposed to. Tomorrow, I'm filming a brand video with one of my students, Elizabeth. Her entire um, coaching program is called Dare to Date Differently. And so she helps women in their 40s who are either back in the dating scene or had given up on the dating scene. Whatever the reason, they're, they're there, but they're not succeeding in actually finding their partner. And as we were working on her story, um, on her script, 
the hook for her story is exactly that. This is what I, I helped her pull out from all of the things that she shared with me. I got married because that was what I was supposed to do. Or that's what I can, don't quote me on that. You'll see it in the brand video, but that's exactly how we start that story. Because I was like, Elizabeth, people are going to resonate with that. So many women. Anyway, not to talk about relationships, but. No, but I feel that because, yeah, I so many of my life decisions up until 2010, and I know the year because it was the year my brother died, <laughs> changed everything, my brother. Yeah. My brother died of a heroin overdose, and that was what it took for me to wake up from that. But I spent the first 35 years of my life being a quote-unquote good girl, doing everything I was supposed to do, living a life of shoulds. And that may not seem like, what does that do with a business podcast? But it does because I can't tell you the number of women I see, women especially, but really any sort of person who has any marginalized identity, we get very conditioned into doing what we are supposed to do, into being good girls, to being, you know, doing things the way we should. And it shows up in our businesses and the way we run our businesses. We are doing things because we think we're supposed to. And my goal is to really help people challenge that, to look, to investigate their businesses for all of the shoulds and to challenge each of them. And some of them may still hold up. It may be like, no, this actually does feel good. It feels right. It's working cool. But for the most, a lot of times we aren't even examining those things. We are very much just doing what we have been conditioned or told that we are supposed to do because that's what's right. And we never really examine, but does this actually work for me? Does this actually feel good to me? Does this really align with my values and how I want to show up in the world? We don't do that examination. And that is really the difference between a life that feels fine or sometimes not fine but like my married, my first marriage, like it was fine. It's fine. But is that what I want? No, I want a marriage that feels amazing. And I'm in one now. And I, my business for a long time, when I was a journalist, it was fine. But it didn't feel great. And what I'm doing now does. And I think that's that difference of really stopping and questioning all of those shoulds. And it shows up in all of our life. But now I'm specifically helping people with the business piece of that. That's mm -hmm. so I mean, you know, it's, it's so phenomenal to me how personal life and business are interconnected. Like if you are a founder of a business, that business will bring you joy if it is aligned with your values. If you are doing the work that you just described, which is understanding your values, like really examining what you need, what is sustainable for you, what aligns with you, which is I think how you described it. Like does that do these goals align with me? Does this definition of success, success <laughs> tongue twister, does that definition of success align with what I want for myself? Um, absolutely amazing. I love that because I'm all about the foundational work. I'm all about understanding who you are and bringing that to relationships, to your life, to your business, um, to everyone around you. I mean, like when those yeah. things are in alignment, that's to me when you really find joy. Yeah. And the idea that business and personal are separate is like, I, I think of the expression, how you do anything is how you do everything. And so if you're living, if you're being a good girl over here in your personal life, the idea that you're somehow breaking out of that in business is probably not true. You know, it, it care, everything carries over in both ways, typically, or both parts of our life. They are, they overlap, especially when you're self-employed. The idea that there's some separation is silly. <laughs> Yeah. Um, Becky, thank you so much for sharing all of this amazingness, this foundational work that we should all be doing. Um, 
where can folks find you, connect with you, and get more stuff? Yeah. You go to beckymollencamp.com, and there you can learn about the Feminist Founders podcast and the Feminist Founders newsletter. Those are really the two ways to like learn more or connect in with me. And the podcast comes soon. The newsletter is already out there. So I would love for it's a free newsletter. You can, can subscribe to it at my website. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much, Becky. I'm going to do a bonus episode with you. So if you're listening to this one, click on the next one because I'm going to dig into Becky as a founder herself, how she started her business, all of the ins and outs. I asked Becky about this before and she's like, I'm an open book. And I'm like, she's my kind of girl. So have to wear it all. <laughs> Stay tuned for the next episode and we're going to dive into Becky. Becky the business. Can I call it that way? <laughs> sure. All right. Thanks again, Becky.